0: We're taking this opportunity this morning also to uh, celebrate our preschool, which is called First Steps. And uh, I've invited uh, the director and her assistant to come and share with us for a few seconds, a few minutes, about this special ministry. If you'll just come on up, please. Uh, and I have some questions. Our director is Ms. Josephine Gabriel. And her assistant is Amy McLaughlin. Mc- yes, okay. And we appreciate them coming and sharing with us. Um, I, first of all, Josephine, how long have you have you been with us on this?
1: So I joined this team in August of 2022. So just a few months ago.
0: Oh, so you're brand new.
1: Yeah. Fairly new.
0: Yeah. But you've been doing this other places. You were director somewhere else?
1: Yes, prior to here, Publix Child Development Center.
0: Uh huh. Well, that's a very good school that you had over there, too. And I, I know you did a great job with them. Um, and Amy, how long have you been with us?
2: I've actually been here
0: um, 10 years. Ten. I'm going on my 11th year with the Wow. Team. Wow, thank you for that longevity. Thank you. I I wonder how many students do we have in our preschool uh, today?
1: Starting tomorrow, ninety-eight students.
0: Ninety-eight students. Wow. And um, what are their ages?
1: We have children from six weeks to five years of age.
0: And what time of day does it does it run from when to when?
1: So the children are excited to come at 7.30 in the morning every day, and they don't want to leave us at 5.30 in the afternoon Wow,
0: that's a good long day. And, and uh, I know we have almost 100 students. Do we have a waiting list?
1: We do have a waiting list. We have 72 children waiting to come to preschool.
0: Wow, 72. Can we expand that some way to where we can include I don't want to leave any of the children out.
1: So our plans are during the summer we do have some siblings that will be joining us, um, so there will be an additional 10, and by August we will have another 20 joining us. Oh. So we're working our way through that waiting list.
0: Well, I certainly don't want to leave any of those children out. We're very happy to have the school. Now, I believe you have a, a a piece of film to show us?
1: We do. We have a video to share with the children and their great work and our teachers who are so dedicated and committed to young children.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Let's see this.
2: Welcome to First Steps Preschool. We offer a loving and caring environment for children ages six weeks through pre-kindergarten. As a faith-based preschool, Bible stories and lessons are included in the lesson plans. The lessons enrich the spiritual aspect of the children's development. Children learn through independent and guided play. Children grow in all areas of development, cognitively, physically, emotionally, socially, and spiritually. We utilize creative curriculum, which is research-based and developmentally appropriate. Our teachers take pride in providing a safe and loving environment which guarantees your baby's first steps will be taken with confidence in a loving and nurturing atmosphere. First Steps Preschool is a gold Seal quality care center recognized by the Florida Department of Children and Families and received the highest rating possible for the national accreditation offered by the United Methodist Association of Preschools. Children love to explore and wonder about their world. We encourage children to explore as they feel secure in their environment that allows them to play and observe at their own pace. Children are guided to reach developmental milestones when they are confident and ready. Preschool students begin to identify their unique and various strengths. Our early childhood educators plan developmentally appropriate activities to help children build confidence and self-esteem, as well as critical thinking and problem-solving skills, and ultimately, Get ready for kindergarten. Children's learning is very important to the First Steps preschool teachers and staff. Fostering their learning is accomplished through quality and engaging interactions. Small group sizes enable teachers to address individual needs and create loving and enriching learning environments. First Steps preschool surpasses the state requirements for child-staff ratios. First Steps Preschool teachers' commitment to early learning is reflected in their professional development. For our teachers, First Steps Preschool is more than a career. The staff at First Steps Preschool believes wholeheartedly that those called into the ministry of Childcare care are given the opportunity to serve the Lord in one of the greatest areas of ministry. Thank you to all our teachers and staff who continue to make a difference in the lives of young children. To learn more, visit firstumc.org slash preschool.
0: Thank you so much. Wow. What a great ministry.
1: uh,
0: Yes, they'll be available after the service if you have other questions. It's amazing to think about 100 students, children, coming into the campus at 7 30 in the morning and then later in the afternoon we have 70 more kids that come in five days a week and added to that we have our usual sunday school and christian education programs going during during the week boy scouts girl scouts cub scouts this is some kind of church folks and we need to be right proud of it it's a great ministry that we have and thank god for it. Now, for a few moments, I'd like to share with you some of the some of my thoughts about the gospel. Reading out of uh, the fifth chapter of Matthew, just the sixth verse. It's one of the Beatitudes of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are you. Blessed are you when you hunger and thirst after righteousness. For you shall be filled. Let's pray together. Now, Lord, take us to the mountain to where we can hear you and your word clearly. Come and speak to us words of counsel and advice and direction. And break with us the bread of life as only you can. I am weak, Lord, but you're strong. And I pray that in all of your mighty power, you will bless the stumbling, stammering tongue. Your name may be glorified. That we might be a blessed people by your word. We wait for you with that hope and expectancy. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Every once in a while, someone will ask me, What's your... Can you list your ten favorite movies that have ever been made? Well, I have to explain to you that uh, that's a very difficult thing to do because I think really you need to put movies into categories. For instance, there would be a category of my favorite films that were made by Disney or favorite action films or favorite Broadway musicals. So you have to put them into categories. Now, there is one category of which I am an expert that I have designed called Old Foggy Films. <laughs> so, if you were to ask me one of my favorite Old Fogy films, I would tell you there are five Old Fogy films that I really like. Number five in that order would be, um, would be Dirty, uh, is it Dirty Old Man? Grumpy old men, yeah, grumpy old men. <laughs> See, I told you I need, Lord, I need my stumbling, stammering tongue and mine too. Grumpy old men. Number four would be the bucket list, and number three and two would really uh, tie for my second favorite. One would be Second Hand Lions. If you haven't seen that, it's really a good movie. A lot of fun. And it doesn't matter how young or how old you are. There's a lot of tenderness in it. And the other number two film would be um, uh, would would be The World's Fastest Indian. It's a, a film that David McIntyre introduced me to. It wasn't very well known or popular, but it's not about a, an American Indian. It's about a motorcycle. And it's a true story, and it's a delightful movie, and I recommend it to you. But the number one old fogey film listed by Riley Short, would turn open the envelope, take it out. It's uh, Driving Miss Daisy. Without a doubt, the favorite old fogey film. I love it. I love seeing it over and over and over again. And each time that I see it, I realize that there are some really Driving forces at at, at work on Miss Daisy. Not just a a man driving her around as a chauffeur, but there are other driving forces at work in her life. A driving force like uh, trying to keep from growing old, a driving force to maintain self sufficiency, a driving force that she would not lose her identity. That she would be able to overcome loneliness. Powerful driving forces at work on Miss Daisy. But in each and every one of us, there are at least two very powerful driving forces. Two of the most powerful driving forces there is. And Jesus mentions both of them in our passage of scripture for this morning. He speaks of hunger and thirst. Two very powerful driving forces at work in our lives. We know a little bit about the driving force of hunger when we go on a diet. Or when the sermon is so long and it's 11 o'clock and it's division in the past 12. Yeah, hunger. It's a driving, powerful driving force. And we also, in living in Florida in the summertime, we know something about the powerful driving force of thirst. We work in the yard, and we have a thirst that comes upon us that can only be satisfied with a cool glass of water. Jesus said, blessed are you if you hunger and thirst. If you really have these powerful driving forces in your life, If you hunger and thirst after righteousness. And if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, Jesus promises, you will be satisfied. Now, I believe righteousness has something to do with being in the right relationship with yourself. So blessed are you if you have a a driving force in your life To be made right with yourself. Now, one of the things that I've discovered is that most of us have a very poor self-image. This is particularly true, I've noticed, among men. We really are sort of confused about what a real man should be and how a man should be. And a lot of pressures on us about Being the right kind of man. And we don't understand that. And I think that's true of some women too. In spite of being beautiful. There are those women who feel. They simply uh, are not very much. They have a very poor self image. I think I know where it comes from. I think it comes from Mother Goose. What's What she said about. Little boys. Little boys are made of snakes and snails and puppy dog tails. And all too often, we men have tried to live up to such an image. And I think that leads to some sort of macho attitude in life. And we like to act like we've really got it all together because we're a man and real men they don't cry real men don't eat quiche <laughs> and uh, so and real men don't say I love you huh Isn't that crazy and we have a bad really end up with a bad self-image well and I think mother goose also tells women what are women what are little girls made out of Sugar and spice and everything nice. Mother Goose lied. (laughs) But there are a lot of women who have uh, looked at that teaching from Mother Goose and said, no, no. And they become macho and even resent anything that would give even the appearance of being feminine and a a soft made of sugar and spice and everything nice. But righteousness has something to do with being in the right relationship with yourself. But it also, I believe, has something to do with being in the right relationship with your neighbor. Blessed are you when you hunger and thirst for the right relationship with your neighbor. I grew up in a... In the, in the time of, uh, of segregation, it was a terrible time of hatred and meanness. And uh, it, was, uh, it was so uh, filled with evil even, ugliness uh, to the nth degree. But you know, it's not a whole lot different than the present culture of which we're a part. I don't think we have so much racial hatred as we just hate everybody. We're not. We we have no discretion in the hatred and anger that we have toward each other. I've never known a time like this in the history of our land. It's filled with so much division and anger and hatred. What's happened to us? Why can't we be kind to each other? Why can't we be loving to each other? Look at the mess we're in. Look what it's done to our democracy. Look what it's done to our own community. Lord save us. Look what it's doing to the church. Look what it's doing to our homes and families. We're not neighbors even with those who sit across the table from us. What's happened to us? We're certainly not in the right relationship with our neighbor. Jesus Jesus said, Blessed are you when you hunger and thirst after righteousness. And I think that what he's saying is, Blessed are you when you're in the right relationship with God. Blessed are you when you're in the right relationship, when you've been made right by Jesus. And I don't believe you can really have a good relationship with yourself until you've been made right by Jesus. And I don't think you can be in a good relationship with your neighbor until you've been made right by Jesus. Look at what happens when you do that. You begin to understand that you're a child of God and therefore you're an inheritor. You begin to understand that you are really somebody because Jesus loves you. And you have a good relationship with yourself because you understand who you are and what you are and why you are when you in been made right by Jesus. And you begin to understand your neighbor. You may disagree with them. Before you have Jesus in your heart, you say, "Off with your head!" If you disagree with me, if you don't like, if you don't like what I'm doing, go somewhere else. That are old attitudes that we've had. If you don't, if you don't agree with me, if you don't, if I can't have my way. I'm going to take my bat and ball and go home. We quit. We drop out. But when you're in the right relationship with Jesus, you begin to have a love that is greater than your prejudices, a love that is greater than your angers, a love that is greater than your hatred, love that is greater than your differences. So blessed are you when you hunger and thirst after righteousness that has something to do with being made right by Jesus. I I think this is what the cross is all about. This is what these elements are all about. Jesus said, remember me. Do you remember what he said? He said, if you want to Be my follower. Deny yourself. Take up the cross. Follow me. You see, the root problem that we have is selfishness. He knew that about us then. That's why he said to follow me. You have to deny yourself. You have to give up your selfishness. And when you do that, you begin to know who you are, where you are, and what you are. You begin to understand who your neighbor is. And you begin to understand that you're to love them. But you can't do that until you surrender yourself. Until you deny yourself. Until you confess your selfishness. These elements are presented to us today to remind us that when you hunger and thirst after righteousness, being in the right relationship with Jesus, you shall be filled. So as you take these elements this morning, may it be a time that you receive from him, but that you give over your selfishness And ask him to heal you and deliver you from that. If you hunger and thirst for that, you shall be filled. And that's the truth. Amen. Amen. Now may the blessings of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you, abide with you, and keep you in his peace, grace, and glory, now and forever and forever and forevermore. Amen.